This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we continue the theme that we started yesterday. And the theme basically is Pentecost. And we want to emphasize the fact that We need to understand the origins of things, and for that we need to go back to the Hebrew Scriptures. Specifically in regard to Pentecost, we're looking at Leviticus chapter 23. This describes the appointed times of the Lord, called the Feasts of the Lord, starting with Passover, the first of the spring feasts, going on to the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, and then the Feast of Pentecost. In Hebrew, it's called Shavuot. Then there's a long delay until the fall feasts, which include the Day of Atonement, the the Feast of Trumpets, and ultimately concluding in the Feast of Tabernacles. And we need to see whether we come from a Jewish or a Gentile background that this is a that this is the really the demonstration of God's calendar. Passover is the freedom from sin. First fruits is the resurrection. And Pentecost is the pouring out of the Spirit of God upon all flesh. And we see, Shelley, that in uh, Passover, it was the blood of the Lamb, the blood that was put on the lentils and the doorposts, that caused the Lord to pass over those homes so that the plague that was upon Egypt, the death of the firstborn, both uh, humans and animals, would not affect the homes that had the blood. And we see that Jesus was our Passover lamb. We see with first fruits, Shelley, that Jesus fulfilled that in being uh, the resurrection, the first fruit. And in Shavuot, uh, Pentecost, what we're going to be looking at is a very exciting event that took place in the upper room in Jerusalem. So the foundation for Pentecost, or Shavuot, is found in Leviticus chapter 23, beginning in verse 15 and going on to verse 22. And we encourage you to read all of chapter 23 in Leviticus, because it describes the appointed times of the Lord. And we'll see the basis of Pentecost, Junie, right in these verses. For example, in verse 16, it talks about a new grain offering to the Lord. It's new because this is the only offering made by the priest that contained leaven. And there were two loaves waved before the Lord. And these two loaves are a picture of Jew and Gentile. 
Even in this condition today, we're not perfect. So there's perhaps a little leaven in our lives that God is working out. But this is a picture of Jew and Gentile coming together. When we look at verse 18, we see specifically it says, an offering by fire. And we know that fire was an integral ingredient in the Feast of Pentecost when the fire of tongues fell on everyone in the upper room. In addition to which, and you pointed out yesterday, Junie, in verse 22, because there's an agricultural aspect to this feast, and it says in verse 22, when you reap the harvest of your land, moreover, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor gather the gleaning of your harvest. You will leave them for the needy and for the alien. I am the Lord your God. And yesterday, Junie, you pointed out that this is the basis for Ruth gleaning in the field of Boaz. Again, a picture of Jew and Gentile coming together. And again, this is a picture that God, the Jesus came to earth to the Jewish people, but the gospel was to go to the uttermost parts of the world and there was room for the stranger. And as we spoke yesterday, that Pentecost really is the conclusion of the redemptive process and to show the importance of Pentecost and the need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to go to Luke chapter 24, which really shows it biblically, the importance and the essential need to have the Spirit of God fill, fill, filling us to complete our redemptive process. So if you have your Bibles, turn with us to chapter 24 in the book of, of Luke, beginning at verse 13. Familiar verses, but we'd like to emphasize one aspect of this. And behold, two of them, meaning disciples, were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were conversing with each other about all these things which had taken place. And it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Isn't this amazing? They were with him for three, three and a half years, and they could not recognize him here. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. And one of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? You have to realize that Jesus must have had a great sense of humor because he went along with them for a while. And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him up to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ, the Messiah, to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. Let's stop there for a minute. Junie, these are incredible verses because here they did not recognize Jesus, but he, the author of the scriptures, 
was explaining to them, beginning with Moses and the prophets, explained to them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. Because we know what Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees. You search the scriptures and you think in them they have life, but they testify of me. So what greater event could take place than having Jesus explain the scriptures to us? And we need to remember that the New Testament was not written. That's right. So Jesus was seen in the Torah, in the prophets, and the Psalms. And it's amazing, Shelley, that he was hidden even from these disciples walking as he was hidden in the scriptures. And yet the psalm tells us uh, in Psalm 40 that it is written of him in the volume of the book. So we need to pray, Shelley, all listeners pray that God would open up the eyes of our understanding as we read his word, that we might see him. Because, you know, it's not in growing up and going to church or going to synagogue or having Bible studies in one home, even reading the scriptures. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit enlightens our eyes, that we might understand. Because as Jews, Shelley, we had no idea that Jesus was our Messiah, that he was the Son of God, that he was King of the Jews. We weren't taught that. So sometimes, with the best intention, a rabbi, a priest, a minister, can teach something that they've been uh, told about through commentaries versus the Holy Spirit opening up the understanding of a rabbi or a priest or a minister or you and me, Shelley, or all listeners to really know what the scriptures are saying. And this is a wonderful example, Shelley, how these disciples walked with Jesus, heard him speak, and could not see that it was he who was speaking to them. Really. And, you know, I think of a scripture in Psalms, for example, it says, Thy word is a light to my path. And in other words, the word is the main ingredient in our walk with God. And yet, we need to understand that something in addition to the word, I'm not relegating the word to any lower position, but something must go along with the word. Because it was Jesus explaining giving them uh, understanding in the word. And yet, when we go on, we see that something more was needed. And Shelley, that something more is the Lord himself. Well, that's the Lord himself through the Holy Spirit. And that's the significance of Pentecost. But here, he explained the word, but there was still something more. And it went on and on, and then more disciples came. And then we go to verse 36 and says and while they were telling these things he himself stood in their midst but they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit and he said to them why are you troubled and why do you what does doubt arise in your hearts see my hands and my feet that it is I myself touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have and then it went on down to verse 44 these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. 
Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Again, Junie, he explained the scriptures, and here it even says he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And you would think that's it. Nothing else is required. Why didn't Jesus say, go, go and tell everybody about me? But he didn't do it yet. And we need to see that that something more comes in as follows. He says, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are endued or clothed with power from on high. What was that something else that was needed? to understand the scriptures and to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It was the Holy Spirit of God, which, of course, leads us to Pentecost, which we're going to pick up on tomorrow. But we need to see, Jesus said these startling words, my word, they are spirit and they are life. And the the life is in the word, but the spirit must be attached to the word. Otherwise, Juni, it remains a cerebral understanding. And God wants to reach put the word into our hearts and that is of course the new covenant when he writes the law in our hearts and our inward parts but we need the spirit of god for interpreting the word of god lord we do pray for the spirit of truth we pray for the holy comforter yes lord lord that you would enlighten our listeners and you would enlighten our souls to the power that you want to impart to us to endure to the end yes, Lord. that we might be saved. Let it be. We ask this in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelly and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784. Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShellyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.